Hello everyone, the Single Tree Podcast. This is episode number 12. Uh, we are going to continue talking today about developing a resilient narrative and receiving feedback from our environment and assimilating it into a coherent, resilient narrative, uh, making sense of the world around us and the things that happen to us. I'm Joel. And I'm Brandon. Hello. Thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. We're thrilled to be with you and uh, look forward to today's discussion. Uh, we'd love to hear any feedback that you have on our Facebook page or on SoundCloud or any of the outlets where you can find a single tree podcast. And um, just thanks for listening. We're grateful. Last time we talked about, uh, you know, just just sort of receiving um, what life hands to us and being able to trust existence itself, and which is a difficult thing to do, obviously, if uh, you've had difficult things happen to you, uh, what we would say are bad things, um, and how kind of the development of ourselves and our lives is about being able to take those things in and and see how they can form us and how we can develop some kind of narrative. I've been thinking a lot about um, the narratives that we have uh, about our own lives and how, um, you know, those just help us organize ourselves and they help us have a sense of um, how to understand the world. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that today and, and, uh, you know, again, it's it's really important to um, maybe be able to establish a safe place in your life to be able to do this, to work on uh, your own narrative and, and work on how you're going to respond to your environment and, and, you know, take in the feedback that you get. Um, and, you know, whether that's with someone else or being able to just kind of carve out some space in your own life in solitude to be able to um, do this work. Um, I think both are important. Um, you know, that w once you've been able to do that, I think uh, we're going to talk about how to, um, you know, address some of the things that may hinder us from being able to trust existence itself, to be able to trust the feedback that we get, and develop some kind of constructive um, narrative. Um, so anything that you want to say to introduce, or do you want to go ahead and jump into the idea of the, the programming that we have? I say let's just, let's just kind of jump right in, you know, and I think, um, you know, be, being able to, um, be aware of how we're experiencing the world um, and maybe understanding the, the nature or the style of how we're experiencing or um, assimilating the information is, is key. Um, you know, when you were talking, I was kind of having this, um, I was having this image of, of two people standing side by side, maybe um, observing something, a waterfall or, or something and how they can have 
two very different experiences of the same thing and how their individual programming shapes shapes their their individual experiences and 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 creates a difference there so Mm -hmm. um you know i think exploring exploring our programming is really really important and critical to having a a good sound realistic understanding of of how we're operating in you know in this in this realm yeah um and you can use the word operating or or i mean programming or or whatever but it's essentially you know um what we're talking about with with when we refer to to programming is um really kind of on a core level how we've been shaped and the messages that we internalized very early on mm-hmm. and you know we were talking earlier this morning about how um it can be difficult to endeavor into that to be to explore this 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 programming that we're discussing because um so much of that programming can be subtle and and covert much of it isn't isn't spoken about you know um our parents don't just sit us down and say you're this you're that you're this way you're that way life is this way life is that way i mean there's that you know sometimes through sure through the spoken form but so much of it is 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 subtle and and Mm -hmm. and energetic and um we're just absorbing, absorbing, um, especially when we're children, um, this subtle information all of the time, and mm-hmm. we're creating a narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, we're these programming. This programming is taking form, mm-hmm. and understanding that, understanding how we internalize these things, mm-hmm. is extremely important especially if we can draw that from you know throughout the arc of our life and and, mm-hmm. and see how that's shaped our reality yeah so so you know a subtle message that a lot of people have um that they wouldn't have gotten from a direct verbal exchange would be um like that their feelings or their emotions don't matter or um, you know, if you've, if you've, and, and we all as young children, um, you know, experienced a range of emotions. Um, sometimes we were upset. And if you had people sort of like always trying to downplay your emotions or wanting to, uh, make you not upset quickly, calm you down quickly, then, you know, you kind of got this message that, how you feel is not important or you might even have felt abandoned at times exactly um, when you expressed emotion and so no one told you that your feelings didn't matter they might have but um, you you can subtly and indirectly get this message that 
how you feel is not important. And and that's one of those, you know, it's, it becomes programming and it, and it starts to affect how you are in the world. Right. Yeah, because if, if, if that message is, I don't matter, right? If that's what's internalized, mm-hmm. whether that whether that was trying to be expressed through through your parents or not mm-hmm. um, that's that's another matter but what was internalized was mm-hmm. I you know I, I don't matter my feelings are important well when we internalize that and it, it becomes a pro- programming that that runs throughout the arc of our life and it, yeah. it shapes and it influences everything we do or don't do. Right. So the programming is, it affects the way you look at the world. It affects, uh, and it affects maybe everything you do. I would say on some level, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it? I mean, if you feel unimportant and powerless, that's going to shape, uh, wouldn't that wouldn't that shape on some level every experience that you're having? Yeah. Whether that be with a partner or uh, professionally or um, it just shapes and informs everything you do on some level. See, you, you've talked about these programs as, you know, kind of seeds that are planted um, that grow, um, you know, and, and uh, some people think about them as um, kind of these roots that get uh, deeply seeded in themselves and and then they just grow you know and and the need to kind of maybe even pull those plants up by the roots um, and get rid of them Mm -hmm. um, which I don't know if that's always necessary but definitely one of the first steps is to be able to become aware of these programs and and how they are uh, affecting your life. Absolutely. Because what what seems to happen is that when we have these programs and often they're often they can be unconscious but Mm -hmm. what happens is is that as we as we continue on in this, this, the arc of our life, we, we start looking to life and our outside reality to validate our programs. So Mm. if, if I have a program that, um, I'm powerless or that I don't matter, I'm going to start looking for reasons why that is true and because it helps validate my reality, which on a deeper level makes me feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. or safe, which is contraindicated, but that's what can happen. Yeah. Well, you know, to kind of back up a little bit, these, these programs are, are our ways of understanding the world Mm -hmm. are things that are self-protective. They are things that we develop that um, help us to feel safe Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, And, you know, so 
there's this real self-preservation that we we almost need the programs then to be able to feel like a self yes um, and also just to feel to feel safe um and so that is one of the reasons that we start looking for evidence in the world that confirms our programming yes or another way to say it is it's like a schema mm-hmm. that you use to interpret information it's uh it's kind of a framework for how you understand the world and understand yourself right so then so then you start looking for uh evidence that that these things are true because you need them to be true mm-hmm. e- even if it, even if it causes us to suffer yeah you and know it does if 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 my program is that um I don't matter and, and, and no one cares about me. Essentially where that program is gonna lead us is isolation, right? And and, and yeah. suffering and, and self protection. And we find we can find our ourselves there because day in and day out we're looking for validation that that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so how does the uh, how does the uh, program of of I don't matter actually, how does that protect you? You know, um, when you have experiences that, that, that make you feel like you don't matter or, you know, it starts with maybe your, how you feel doesn't matter. It quickly kind of uh, moves to, I don't matter. Um, and it, and it doesn't seem like that would be a self protective thing at all, but it is, um, because, um, you you need to remember that because if you don't then you might be hurt like that again exactly um but if you always have this sort of like um it's kind of this shell or something like that 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 protects you from becoming open or or vulnerable it can be um then uh you know that that kind of protects you from experiencing that kind of hurt again you 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 start looking um to protect yourself from that um and you start looking for ways that it's true um and and so that you can protect yourself from being hurt again yeah and we we do that even though we're feeling the pain and suffering from from that programming Mm -hmm. you know we we feel alone we and we feel the 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 pain of the isolation yet we continue to day in and day out look for comp for confirmation that that program is true mm-hmm. there's a contraindication there but that's mm-hmm. what what can happen mm-hmm. so the first step is to start becoming aware of what your programs are you know, so they could be thoughts, they could be um, cognitive behavioral therapy calls it core beliefs. Um, but basically, they're the ways that you understand life and understand yourself that are serving to protect you and to help you retain your sense of selfhood. Um, but they are preventing you from actually experiencing life in a full way. They are pre- preventing you from trusting. They are preventing you from trusting existence and trusting the things that happen in your life 
to be able to shape you. And it prevents us from experience, experiencing this larger self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's important to be aware of how those are affecting you. Do you think it's important to know where they came from? Oh, I, I don't, yeah, I, there's no doubt about that. I think we have to, um, we have to understand where it started. Um, you know, I think when you're, when you're pulling weeds, you don't pull the weed by the leaf, you pull the weed by the root. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the depth of understanding is, is, is key, uh, we need that level of understanding so that we can start working with it on a on a deep and really tangible level. Mm-hmm. When we start exploring those, it's you know it's 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 interesting. Most most of it, you know, like I said, is really in, starts in the, these these formative years. Um, mm-hmm. And when you give yourself the opportunity to really explore it um, you know you can find yourself sifting through these times where uh, you got very direct and clear feedback from your primary caregivers um, that kind of sent the message and maybe other times what what felt like was a clear message maybe wasn't at all, but it was just how it was internalized. Mm. So there you really start just exploring how, not necessarily who was sending the message, how, I mean, that that's important. That has its own importance, but really, you know, the core of it all is just how, how we started internalizing all of yeah what's your story about it exactly how how did i internalize all all of this Mm, yeah whether someone was sending that message or not intentionally it it like i said is another kind of conversation but right um yeah okay so do you do you find people um do, do you find yourself wanting to help people um go back to those experiences formative experiences where the programming happened whether that was a hurtful experience to try to heal it or work on it at all you know some people don't really want to go back there they know they can't change it Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, do you think that's a necessary thing to go back and work on those i do experiences I, i do i think it's um it's more of a question of how 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 you do that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think kind of um, people are maybe reluctant to do that because they say, you know, can have this perspective. Well, what what was done was done; it can't be changed. Well, okay, there's a certain amount of truth about that. You can't go back into the past and ch- and, and change things, but. I think if if you can go back and, and, and review in in an efficient 
way and in an efficient and focused manner, mm. you don't need to spend this, uh, so much time wandering around in this in this abyss, mm. um, which can just kind of lead to lost time and maybe even unnecessary pain. Mm. Um, but I think if you do it efficiently and, and in a focused way, um, absolutely, I think it's it, it has it has a a, a level of um, it has a level of uh, of significance for sure. How do you do it in a an efficient way? You're you're saying you don't need to go back and wallow in all the hurt and misery that you've experienced but what are you what are you looking for to um, get from going back to some of those experiences I'm just in, I'm just I'm just interested in getting an understanding of what what a person's general experience was in their world during that during that time mm-hmm. you know? on a on a real basic level I mean did they feel safe? Did they not feel safe? Okay, well, what if? Why do you think maybe you 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 did not? I mean, was there? You know, were the caregivers in your in your family? Did, did they seem did they seem anxious or or, or, or kind mm-hmm. of on 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 edge? Um, and if so, you know, how did how did you how did you internalize? that anxiety or the energy of your family or your home. Um, yeah, so it's not necessarily necessary to go back and solve any of those problems necessarily or change. Yeah, you don't need to anything. break down every single interaction. Yeah, but but the kind of important nuggets to get are, you know, what was happening and then how did you internalize it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that became a program. And we can, you know, as we, as we talk... And kind of write or you know do some of the self discovery. We can discover some of those things, but let's talk about uh, maybe a couple more examples of what programs people get. Mm-hmm. You talk. You've talked about your program of self sufficiency. Mm-hmm. That self sufficiency was important. That that and that was a. It was taught to you, whether that was directly or indirectly. It was both. When mm-hmm. I look when I look back in my life, it was. Uh, it was just as as subtle as it was direct. Mm-hmm. And I can I can um, recount experiences where it was very direct, mm-hmm. you know. But it was also in a in a subtle and direct way always there. It was always just yeah. an, an an unspoken kind of energetic kind of understanding. It was the programming that was in the system, right? In, in your family, right? Um, but you also had family members, maybe, or others, telling you you need to take um, care of yourself. Exactly, be self sufficient, right? Okay. Um, another one is uh, one of my programs. I think that I interpret the world as as probably has more to do with safety, um, and it's just, and it's a way that I definitely protect myself and make sure that I. Um, you know, retain my sense of selfhood. Um, and it's um, that it's safer to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, 
you know, some of the experiences that I had growing up were felt a little unsafe for me or difficult. And, um, a lot of those were in relationships. And so, um, I quickly learned that it was easier for me to, you know, go in my room and play with Legos, mm-hmm. um, or draw, you right. know, and, and do some of these kind of, so that's where I, where I really started to develop an inner life, you know, that was in solitude, which, you know, I'm thankful for now, but, um, it's continued, you know, when you talk about the tree growing and, and, you know, like growing branches in it, reaching into my life now, I can definitely see how it's usually, it's easier for me to isolate myself than, um, when I encounter stress. Yeah. And a man, it starts to just, it's just kind of a, like, a, you know, like you said, a, a seed that kind of grows into this mm-hmm. tree with branches and has a lot of different manifestations, mm-hmm. you know, and it's important for us to, to be able to, to see the seed and to see how it's grown throughout our life and how it's manifested throughout our life and how it manifests now. Yeah. You know, I think another program that people have was one that I mentioned in the last episode and it's, uh, you know, just kind of this victim mentality. And I I think, I think we all can have that, um, at times. Um, but it's basically you understand the world through the, the lens of, a that you're a victim um, especially if you've had if you've encountered abuse if you've experienced abuse um, in its various forms you know you can be a victim of a lot of different things um, and that's another uh, you know sort of program that um, we use uh, it's the set of beliefs you know um, that we use to interpret everything that happens and so, um, you know, almost in any situation, you can, you can find a way to be a victim and to, and to limit yourself from, um, you know, doing things that you could do to limit yourself from overcoming in certain situations or doing things that are difficult, mm-hmm. um, or taking responsibility. Yeah. I mean, what? What's interesting is that, you know, the function of these programs is really to, it's so that we can find an orientation, right, Mm -hmm. in this world. And Mm -hmm. we need that orientation because it gives us some sort of sense of safety. So whether or not that program is actually helping us or not, doesn't even seem to be the the main important aspect it's it's that they it's that they give us safety we, we may not reach a point to where we start questioning these things until later on in life when you know really our our life becomes more robust and complex and usually what happens is that our level of suffering or stress or anxiety or depression <clears throat> begins to increase. Mm-hmm. And I always always kind of see that as a sign of uh, how our core programming is not allowing us to live into the complexity of 
of the life that that we're kind of in now or that what life is requiring us mm-hmm. and it's you know that that can kind of come in developmental stages for sure you know 20s yeah. 30s different things like that but you know that's kind of a shows me that that um it's 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 time to to evaluate some of those programs and and see how it's limiting um our ability to live into the complexity that life is requiring and and that's the feedback that the universe is offering us that's it's letting us know it's time to address the programming yeah um and so that that's when it's time to really start to gain some awareness and insight into what your programming is and where it came from and then figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can move into talking about um, what we can what we can do with it um, once we understand it. You know, the, I think one of the biggest parts is just understanding what our programming is and seeing how it's affecting um, us and all the different parts of our lives. Um, and then you, you talked a little bit last time about, you know, what needs to be done with it. I think you know, you don't necessarily need to abandon these programs, you know, like the self-sufficiency program. You, you, you need to be self-sufficient at times. It's a helpful um, kind of adaptation to certain um, situations. Um, so I think, but I think it's more about maybe developing a little bit of flexibility in these programs. Um, these programs that we're talking about um, tend to be, kind of these rigid ways of understanding ourselves and, and rigid ways of understanding the world. Um, you know, to be kind of a healthy self, healthy, healthy person, it's important to have the ability to be self-sufficient, but also to have the ability to rely on others um, and to be able to receive mm-hmm. from others. Um, you know, in the same way, it's, it's, it's helpful uh, to be able to... Um, you know, be in solitude. That's a helpful adaptation at times, but it's also helpful to be able to be in relationship. You know, you kind of need both, but um, as we develop these programs, we think there's only one way to do life, right? So, um, and it becomes this rigid understanding of how to do life. Um, and what we need to do is maybe just develop um, a little more flexibility, you know, um, so there's these dualisms that exist. We've talked a, a little bit about dualistic thinking and, and rigid thinking is also, well, dualistic thinking is rigid uh, by nature um, and vice versa. And uh, so, yeah, I think the, the goal is just to sort of develop um, a, a more flexible way of thinking about it, you, you know, and to even be thankful for the self-sufficiency program but then also maybe develop the ability to be reliant on others. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's probably one of the most important things I would I would want people to hold on to is um, is to not fall into judging these programs because when we first start really reflecting on these programs and we offer ourselves the opportunity to really go in into these programs and you know where they started and kind of how it grew through the arc of our lives it can it can feel painful Mm -hmm. you know 
especially if they you know caused ourselves or others pain um, and we can be really quick to um, judge and condemn ourselves which just kind of keeps us in this um, certain level of, of shame which mm-hmm. actually constricts the the possibility or potential that we're going to learn from that program and be able to become more adaptive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You judge yourself for the programming that you have and, and, and when you judge it, you might feel like you just need to change it altogether or get rid of it altogether. It can, right. It, usually in the, the beginning stages, it can be a really reactive response to want to try to eliminate it and mm-hmm. eradicate it. Mm-hmm. Um, which can be a pretty natural response to something that we're realizing in ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Because um, it, cause it's maybe reached the end of its usefulness in a way because the stress or the feedback from your environment has let you know that it's not working. Right. But uh, <laughs> just, you know, looking, looking back on my own experience, tr- trying to eradicate a, a, a program is... in essence, probably the quickest way to just make sure that it stays rigid. Right. Because uh, it's not going to go anywhere, really. So if you take a, a rigid approach to your own programming, you are likely to perpetuate it, and uh, it will stick around even longer. Um, you know, par- partly probably because it is self-protective. It's, you know, what you have used to protect yourself and retain your sense of selfhood all your life. And it's, mm. it's not going to go away easily. It's going to die hard. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to die hard. There's going to, you know, there's going to be pain either way. And so, you know, mm-hmm. we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace in this, in this process. You know, when we, when we realize, um, like a primary core program and we have uh, a good enough understanding of um, where it came from and how it shaped our life and how it manifest. Um, like I said, usually in, in the beginning stage of that where we, we have this awareness of how it limited us or created pain. That's one side of it. Um, The important part of this work is is finding some flexibility in that, and going beyond the you know just kind of the dualism of 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 the programming. So we have to be able to see how it it serves us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and take a look at our ecosystem in our current life and ask how we can use that programming um, in a more effective way. Um, And it's going to require us to to find some flexibility in it. Yeah. So seeing, seeing maybe there is some value in the self-sufficiency program. Um, 
and allow yourself to be self-sufficient at times. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, especially if it's balanced with some other's reliance um, or interdependence, mm-hmm. maybe in relationships. I want to talk about the kind of the victim mentality program a little bit more. Um, and, you know, the kind of the opposite of that um, victim mentality is see, being able to see yourself as an overcomer, um, that you're able to able to endure trials and be able to come out the other side and maybe be even stronger for them. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, it's not, it's not maybe wrong or bad to be a victim at times um, and to even um, have that sort of mentality um, because, you know, in truth, we all are victims at times to certain things. Um, but if we always only see ourselves that way, then um, it will it will limit us. Um, it will lim- limit us from seeing ourselves as overcomers and it will actually limit us from overcoming in certain situations because we always just want to be a victim. Um, but it is helpful, um, you know, to identify ourselves as victims um, of certain things, uh, but then to also develop flexibility enough to be able to see ourselves as as overcomers. So it's, so it's just another example. Um, you know, there can be a lot of shame that's that we... Um, identify with being a victim of certain things um, and, and not being able to to overcome um, but we need to be able to see ourselves as both yeah that's to me I think you know I, I think about I was probably a, the you know some of the biggest blocks to becoming more more flexible or especially when we're doing focused work on these programs is that um, there can be this shame that comes mm-hmm. you know which itself is a program mm-hmm. you know yeah um, for sure but there can be there can be some there can be the, some some shame that comes or or, or fear uh, not knowing what's on the other side of becoming more flexible in this program. And um, if, if, if we know that those are kind of the main blocks, then out of that awareness, um, we, you know, we, we can do something with that and continue, continue working towards being more uh, flexible. Um, if we're aware of that shame and, shame and fear. Yeah, so shame and fear are the blocks that keep us from kind of diving into a flexible approach to life. If you're just shaming yourself for being so self-sufficient or shaming yourself for being a victim, you're not going to talk about it. You're not going to want to pay attention to it. You're going to want to hide the fact that you feel like a victim all the time. You're going to, you know not not talk about it um and uh you know it's all out of this kind of fear and shame and and the fear is is also about um like trying something new because you know the 
the way that you have understood yourself and understood life, your, your program has protected you all this time. Um, and so there's fear associated with doing anything different. You know, if the victim mentality, if you've always seen yourself as a victim, um, and that's, and that's in a way protected you from being hurt or maybe trying to overcome just to be disappointed again, then, um, it's scary to think about actually opening yourself to being, to, to overcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you've always been self-sufficient as a way of protecting yourself, it's scary to think about being dependent on others. I, I can think about, uh, you know, when I, when I look back on, on that whole program of mine, I mean, I really wrestled with it. You know, I, I can, I can see how, um, things were happening in my, in, in my life or in my relationships that were basically sending me messages that that program needed to expand or um, become more flexible and I resisted it. Mm-hmm. And I resisted it first and, and foremost because I didn't know what program was running. Right. You know. You weren't aware of it. Right. As I became more aware of the nature of that program and how it manifests, then I was able to kind of respond more to the feedback that I was getting in my ecosystem. Mm-hmm. The, the conflict and the strain in my relationships evened out. When you became aware of it? When I, was, when I became aware of the program and how rigid it was Mm -hmm. do do you feel like you were at that point instantaneously able to be less self-sufficient not instantaneously no but i did i did have a level of awareness that gave me some context for Mm -hmm. what was going on and maybe the level of stress and anxiety and conflict in my life Mm -hmm. um that from there, then it was my choice mm-hmm. to be to consciously do something with that. And over time, you know that the level of stress and anxiety and, and kind of conflict in my in my relationships it it, it changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the developing awareness of the programming, not judging it or yourself. Um, for it and then you know from a more flexible stance you can start actually making decisions Um, you know you don't have this sort of flexible stance toward your own programming you know you're not actually making choices or decisions you're actually just being compelled by your programming Mm -hmm. you only you only have one option and it's to always be self-sufficient right but but once you gain awareness of it you know uh so and accept it do some self-acceptance about it then you can choose what you do it becomes a tool yeah instead of more of like just this 
unconscious ghost that dances around in the dark and beats you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you don't know what's happening. To exactly. You. You're just walking through life kind of getting beat up by things unseen. Mm -hmm. And these things are these programs, right. you know. Yeah, so my, my program is, you know, more, uh, it's, you know, being alone is safe, being in relationships is not safe. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, it's the same, you know, kind of identifying uh, what that program is, where it came from, how I, how I came about it, um, you know, and it, and it could be something that you would feel shameful about. That would, that would be something that you could feel shameful about, about not being able to be in relationships. Um, and so working at just kind of accepting that that's um, something that happened and um, even finding, you know, that there's some strength in being able to be in solitude or be alone. Um, but then, you know, you're, you're faced with the decision again to choose to be in relationship rather than always to be in solitude, even though it feels scary to do that. And so at some point when you notice that programming, I mean, and you decided maybe you wanted to kind of step outside of that, mm -hmm. you had to be willing to endure some of that shame mm -hmm. and some of that fear mm -hmm. and do something a little bit differently so that that program could be become more robust mm -hmm. and so I don't know did did you find how it, at some point when you be started kind of really consciously becoming more flexible um, in that program were you able to see how that programming actually complemented your relationships uh, the solitude program sure yeah because I think it's um, it's a lot like the self-sufficiency and it's almost the same but um, you know it's important in any relationship to have you know kind of this balance of being together but then also being able to be separate and so it's easy for me to see now how you know being able to be alone actually facilitates relationships a lot better you know when I'm when I'm alone and in solitude I can kind of get um, I can get a hold of my thoughts I have time to reflect I have time to know myself um, to learn about myself which definitely helps me in my relationships because I can then come back to my relationships and tell people who I am or what I think you know and what I've kind of discovered when I've had time to reflect and, and so yeah there's a balance there of being able to be in solitude and be in relationship and you need both. So that's a really good example, you know, to, the, to those who are listening and who might um, be thinking about what their programming is and they think, well, and maybe I'll put some energy into exploring this programming. Hopefully they can hear what you're saying and come away with this idea that, okay, if, if I do go into exploring this programming a little bit and I am willing to um, 
see the programming for what it is, understand it, endure some of the initial shame and fear that you actually get to a point to where you can see how the programming that, that we have can actually become complementary because mm-hmm. one of the basic ingredients for health and wellness of being is balance. Mm-hmm. And you've been able to find out of your programming that there's some balance in that. And mm-hmm. so that's an important thing for for people to come away with and, and to have an understanding of maybe that can help them be more motivated to explore this programming is that there doesn't have to be this expectation of eradication mm-hmm. of this program but but that the idea is that we can uh, let it be there and find some balance in it yeah yeah because so it will help us yeah, yeah, for sure. The program can be helpful in balance with, you know, maybe the, the its counterpart. Um, yeah, so I think it's good to go back to one of the things we mentioned earlier that can become a program, you know, that I'm not important um, program. You know, when, when, you're, when you're treated as if what you say or what you think or what you feel doesn't matter um, for long enough, you know, it's one of those messages that you can internalize as a program. Um, and so let, you know, to take a look at that one for a moment, um, you know, it's, uh, the kind of the counterpart to that is being able to see that you might have some value in relationships or, or just in life in general. And it's kind of, um, dangerous or unsafe to think about thinking that you might have some value if you've always thought, and, uh, if you've always thought that you were valueless or or not worth anything um because that type of thinking again has has served to protect you um for a long time and and um obviously there can be shame associated with those thoughts that we think about ourselves um the negative thoughts um but uh again we're seeking to gain awareness of the programming we're seeking to avoid judgment and accept that it's part of us um, you, you might even see that there's some value in, um, thinking little of yourself <laughs> eventually. Um, I mean, I think it's important to open yourself to the fact that you might be valuable, um, but also to think, um, that you're maybe not the most valuable person that ever lived or, you know, to, to become sort of narcissistic in, in your thinking, right? So you don't only have to think that you're, um, you know, amazing (laughs) you could also have kind of this balanced view of yourself where um you know you might have some things that are weaknesses or things that you're unable to do or that you don't do well um but also have um maybe a view of yourself that that you are valuable despite those things Mm -hmm. um or that you have strengths certain strengths or um, things that you do do well yeah we can have this this tendency to to um you know, with pain, with painful things that we notice about ourselves, or that are unpleasant, we have this this tendency to um, have very strong reactions to them. And usually, we we you know we find ourselves trying to totally eliminate them or um, 
find ourselves um, overcompensating for them in, in really strong and intense ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that can be, that's a pretty natural tendency to things that, that we're discovering. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is, is, is maybe to, out of our awareness, um, think in more terms of, of balance and flexibility than mm-hmm. eradication and right. overcompensation. Yeah, so as we go back to, you know, the original aim of this discussion, it's to help us learn how to take feedback from our environment and actually make it useful to us um, in growing ourselves and, and, you know, assimilating it into a resilient narrative. And, and, you know, what we're saying is we need to develop some flexibility in our thinking, um, in our programming, be open to the fact that self-sufficiency might be the right answer at this time. But self or, or you know reliance on others might be the right answer at this point in time, and it, and it just helps us to take the feedback that we're getting. You know, you might get some feedback that says um, that you can't do things alone anymore. You know, and that would be a good time for you to practice self reliance. And then you might get some feedback at another time that says um, you need to handle this challenge on your own. You know. And then when you've developed that flexibility to do both, then you can just do whatever the situation demands from you. Um, All the while you're kind of learning about yourself and it's, you're kind of um, taking it in and, and, you know, assimilating it into the formation of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, The the programs don't necessarily need to go away. They just need to be more flexible. um, And, um, yeah, all the while you're you're just kind of like, um, in a way, uh, allowing those programs to be kind of challenged by the world around you, so that they can be transformed, or something like that. All the while knowing that this you know this process you know <laughs> involves some level of pain and grief and willingness to endure fear and shame mm-hmm. yeah so um, that's a good place to stop about um, you know how we address programs in our lives and develop more flexibility of ourselves and, and be able to take the feedback that we're getting and kind of assimilate it into our narrative about ourselves and about who we are um, hopefully helping us to connect more with with others, to trust our environment, um, and to be able to even connect with the larger self. Yes. Expand our consciousness. That's what it's all about, right? Expanding our consciousness. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon.